Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased you've joined us today, and we know that this will be time well spent. We're talking with Matt Thompson, CFA, Director of Research at Kaizen Advisory, a family of funds and separately managed accounts using alternative investment strategies. He speaks to us from their headquarters in beautiful Wheaton, Illinois. Matt, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. So, Matt, you and your brother came out of uh, University of Illinois. You guys now have a strategy that you've had for six-plus years, protecting your positions through trading volatility. You call it the Alpha Seeker. You're focused on a volatility VIX strategy, a timely topic for March 2018. And I'm wondering what such a nice guy like you is crazy enough to be looking at volatility trading these days. So give us you and your brother's brief background here, will you, Matt? Sure. So uh, we've been working together for the better part of 15 years. Uh, We started at some large firms in Chicago, so Northern Trust, um, William Blair. I worked at InvestNet for a little while as well out in Denver. So that's big, broad experience. We've, at FedEx, those experiences, we, we started in um, basically we've seen two bubbles and two bursts, so the tech bubble, the housing bubble. And so in, over those 15 years, we've naturally started to focus on and have spent most of that time focused on market volatility in the VIX instruments. And so we've built a volatility dashboard that um, kind of takes in real-time prices and guides all of our um, portfolios. So, Matt, let's uh, first address uh, the big elephant in the room here. So we're, we're talking uh, the la- uh, March 30th, 2018, and in early February, we saw the VIX uh, have major issues, and we saw meltdowns of more than one VIX strategy firms go out of business, one of them uh, that I know of for a billion and a half dollars that they were investing. So before we start, Many of our listeners are going to know about that. What happened, very briefly, what happened, and why are you still comfortable trading volatility? Sure. So, I mean, really what happened was that some of the VIX TFs, uh, especially the short and the, the leveraged ones, really got too big for the market marketplace. Uh, and so they, all, they got too big for the VIX futures market, which is what they hold. And um, there was enough kind of kerosene in the in the market at that point and it got it just hit a tipping point and some of those funds had to liquidate and then that causes all kinds of ricochets for anyone who had too much exposure on in the VIX space um, and for our strategy you know we we weathered the storm fine actually made a little money that through that that um, scenario and um, it's all again gets back down to exposure size and and understanding the current environment that's that's what kind of keeps you safe in this market. You know, uh, I remember reading not long ago about uh, a warehouse manager uh, who had been uh, using these sell options on the VIX uh, strategy, and he'd made $12 million in the past few years. (laughs) He's probably, again, working as a warehouse manager now because (laughs) these strategies were selling options, selling calls 
on well selling puts I guess on these um, uh, on the VIX and so when the VIX went up they would lose money is that the case yeah so there you know an option selling strategy on the VIX um, if if you made twelve million dollars in the last couple of years you were probably selling calls so you were basically betting that the VIX is never going to spike past a certain level and um, you know that that strategy um, it's very tempting because it's such um, high probability in terms of, you know, most months and most periods, you're probably going to make some money doing that. All it takes is one uh, bad experience to kind of flip that all upside down, and um, you'll end up making zero dollars or even worse. Yeah, and, and I, I guess that's what happened. And the VIX moves rapidly, correct? It can move rapidly, yeah. So it's just a um, calculation that is really trying to get at investors' expectations for volatility in the next 30 days. So it really doesn't have a, it's not, there's no fundamental to it um, other than people's um, kind of perceptions of what the future holds. Okay, so it's kind of a derivative on a derivative here. Okay. Sure, it's, uh, yep. It's, okay, uh, so Matt, let's uh, let us get back, get back to uh, Kaizen here. So tell us about Kaizen and how it works, uh, the, alpha, the alpha seeker and strategy and how it works. Uh, sure. So quickly on Kaizen, um, it was started in 2014 by uh, Dean Zayed, who is the owner of a uh, $2.3 billion TAMP in Wheaton. And um, so basically Kaizen is Brookstone's uh, money management arm. So the Brookstone does not manage any money. Kaizen um, manages funds and strategies for Brookstone and then now for outside clients as well. And for our so clients who, who may not speak Japanese, uh, what does Kaizen mean? Uh, that's uh, basically consistent positive change. It's a uh, manufacturing term that's used in uh, Japan. Okay. Uh, so the alpha seeker. The alpha seeker, yes. So uh, I mentioned the volatility dashboard earlier. That That's what Mike and I have spent our careers building. Um, basically, that is just what it sounds like. It's, it's um, pulling in real-time prices and information to sort of just point us, um, to tell us what's happening right now in volatility. And alpha seeker is kind of the purest form, purest use of that dashboard. And so we use, in AlphaSeeker, we, we read the output from that dashboard and we'll trade VIX ETFs in there. And so there's, there are VIX ETFs that make money when VIX rises, and there are VIX ETFs that make money when VIX falls. And so that's all, all we're ever trading in AlphaSeeker is either VIX is going up or VIX is going down. And um, th- the whole point of it is to make kind of consistent return that's not correlated with stocks and bonds. So we can make money uh, if the market's rising, like last year, or if the market is falling and VIX is rising, like in February. So you are trading the VIX directly through ETFs, no leverage, no futures markets, no options, correct? Right. It's a nice, simple package. We can do it in a brokerage account for uh, small dollars. Um, and really, we we pitch it to uh, advisors as um, it, this is really seasoning for a portfolio. This is not going to be at the core of your portfolio, you know, a 10% piece in a, in a stock and bond portfolio um, improves return and lowers risk in that portfolio. And, and what do you see uh, as the common misperceptions in the marketplace by investors and advisors on investing through volatility? Well, um, I think really two things. Uh, first is looking at VIX as a distinct asset class. Okay, you know, there's stocks and then there's bonds and then there's VIX or volatility. In reality, if you own equities, you, you are... Uh, short volatility. You have a volatility exposure on. And so our approach, our approaches, all of them at Kaizen, just acknowledge that and sort of want and manage that explicitly. Um, and then the second is just that the VIX is this wild west for aggressive investors only. You know, you hear the horror stories 
that happened in February. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, exposure management is the, is the key there. And uh, Alpha Seeker, you know, is keenly focused on that. And that's why we have done so well. So let's talk about uh, the VIX for just a minute. Currently, the VIX is right at 20. Uh, it spent a significant amount of time in the last few years at around 10, some of the time below 10, which is exceptionally low. How high does it get, and what does the VIX tell us? So um, the VIX is basically just a statistical measure. It, it goes out and does some math on S&P 500 option prices, and it's trying to drill down. It, it, it drills down to one number, that 10 number, for, for example, is just the market's collective expectation for how volatile the S&P is going to be in the next month. So that 10 means 10% annual volatility. Uh, on the high side, so that's very low, as you mentioned. On the high side, um, in a year like 2008, you know, those, a big crisis, you know, we saw 90 for a little bit. On that side, you know, your investors are trading options based on the assumption that there's going to be, you know, plus and minus 10% days over the next couple, uh, next month. So... That's what the VIX is kind of trying to tell you. And when the VIX rises, that typically correlates to the market dropping in price. Is that correct? That's right. It's just because, you know, you can think of the market drops faster than it rises. Um, so they, the old uh, adage is the market takes the stairs up and the elevator down. And so you can imagine that the moves are larger on the downside typically. Okay. So tell us who invests in Alpha Seeker. A strategy and why? So uh, we've talked with a lot of advisors um, looking to basically improve their portfolios and differentiate, differentiate themselves. Um, so they come to us, an advisor comes to us trying to um, improve what they're currently doing. They don't want to overhaul everything, but they just want to um, make a small and constant change like a, uh, the Kaizen philosophy. So it's, it's folks looking to sort of reduce exposure to um, stocks and bonds, and uh, improve risk and re reward in their portfolios. Okay. And, and so, again, they're going to use this for only as kind of a satellite fund or, or a satellite investment here, not as a, a core investment. And um, you guys monitor this uh, constantly, every day kind of thing? Yeah. It's, it's uh, real-time monitoring through our dashboard. And there will be times when we don't do very many transactions, uh, like a year like last year was pretty quiet. And then obviously when the, when the volatility picks up like it did in February, we're, we're going to be a lot more active and changing the portfolio around a, a bit more. So tell us here, Matt, uh, you and your brother, uh, you guys came out of business school. You've worked a lot in the industry. There are very few people trading volatility these days. Okay, and I know that because we've had over 300 interviews here, all on alternative investments, and we're always looking for opportunities to interview people on various alternative investment strategies. And there are, you know, there's a handful, really, that, that, that uh, trade the, 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 the volatility one way or another, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think for sure, especially in this type of, um, you know, in this type of uh, format for, you know, a, for outside clients. You know, in Chicago, in the futures, the futures industry is really big here, and prop trading, as they call it, is really big here, and we know some folks here that do it for their own money. Um, but, yeah, as far as, you know, a fee-based advisor trading volatility, it is uh, on the rare side. So tell us here, Matt, what is it that attracted you and your brother 
to focusing on this because, you know, 99% of the people like you guys are focusing on stock picking and quant investing and a variety of other things. What attracted you to investing through volatility and what keeps you doing it? Well, um, like I alluded to earlier, I think part of it is um, our, our dumb luck. Um, so we started our careers basically at the top of the tech bubble. So we're at Northern Trust and we get to see sort of the best parts of a bubble and then the two years after were just horrible for a long only type of manager. And so, you know, that kind of got the juices flowing. And then in 2008, uh, we had a illustrious start date at a, um, a family office in Chicago. And same thing there. We, we, you get to see the 2007, 2008, you know, early 2008 type markets. And then you see the other side of that. And, you know, being from Chicago in the trading kind of community here, we're, we're seeing how those types were making money through those types of markets. At the same time, you know, the, the bigger long-only shops are losing money hand over fist. So we, you know, that we were just naturally sort of drawn to it. Okay, so, so tell us here, what, what would you say is the best advice you've ever received, heard, or read about in terms of investing? Well, uh, I, I really think it's to not rely kind of solely on predictions or forecasts. Um, we, our, our focus is more we, to stay focused on a process that kind of continually sort of narrows probabilities um, as, as they're happening right now and stay on the right side of those probabilities. That's, that's much better uh, than trying to, you know, predict the future three months out. You know, I read an article uh, the other day, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, and it was written by a hedge fund manager. And he said, you know, if you're doing your job, every single trade is taken with a shaking hand and great trepidation <laughs> because you're typically going against the grain. And, right. uh, you know, it's tough to do. So I'm sure that's the same with you. And I find yep. uh, myself the very same in trading. Hey, you know, the market was up big yesterday. What if it's up big again? Should we get out, you know? And sitting there and following those signals and staying true to those principles is easy to say but tough to do, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with, as I said, probabilities, not certainties. That's correct, could, yeah. Any of those decisions could result in a bad outcome, even though it was the right decision to make. Yeah. Um, so that's the tough part. It's like a pitcher who throws a curveball. Uh, hey, that, that was the right pitch to throw, but that doesn't mean <laughs> the guy's going to miss it, right? There's no guarantees, right? That's right. So a question we'd like to ask all of our guests, Matt, what keeps you awake at night? Well, uh Besides my uh, kids, <laughs> um, let's see, I would say, you know, people uh, we've seen making sort of bad decisions by extrapolating kind of what's happened recently in the market. 2017 in stock market and in volatility was very unusual. You know, the, the S&P is running at, at, this, at a sharp ratio, you know, the risk-return ratio that would be like double the best hedge funds out there. And so to make... To make any kind of extrapolation of that into the future and, and you know, pile into indexes, say, when they, po they can't possibly get any better, that to me, you know, is, is something that is pretty glaring right now. Um, same goes for bonds, you know, with interest rates near zero and, and corporate leverage uh, where it is and everything. So really it's just, it seems like um, there, there's, there's very little um, thought uh, at least in some of the, the folks that we talked with, there's, there's not too much thought about the other side of, you know, a year like 2017. 
And so you know, the lack of preparation for that. I got you. You, you know, it, it is so interesting, Matt, a, a little personal opinion here. It's so interesting, the herd mentality that exists in the world of investments. You read the Wall Street Journal and everybody seems to have or most everybody kind of the same opinion. Uh, and occasionally you read something that, that is a contrarian opinion, but you don't get the variety of opinions that you really have in the marketplace, in the media. And it's uh, you know, such a herd mentality. Uh, you find the same thing in Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, it, you know, it's the herd, the herd just follows the last uh, kind of price movement. Yeah. So and you're like last year, everyone is tripping all over themselves to be bullish. And then the market turns down this quarter, and now it's the end of the world. Um, so we, we definitely see it. So, Matt, the second question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Um, let's see. Well, so it's not exactly an investing book, but it, it has – High correlation, I, I guess I would say. That's fine. Technical. That's fine. Um, Thinking in Bets uh, by Annie Duke. Thinking in what? In Bets. So Annie Duke was a, is a pro uh, poker player, and so the whole book is about dealing with imperfect information and probabilities um, and trying to just parse the information. Um, you know, like we mentioned before, a good decision at, at high probabilities can still turn out poorly doesn't necessarily mean that you made the wrong decision. Um, so that, 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 is, that was really helpful to me as an investment manager. So. Spell Annie's last name for us, will you? Duke, uh, D-U-K-E. Okay, very good. I, I think that's the first time we've heard that, and we really appreciate that. And I, I think I read about that book recently, and I got it to hand it, uh, hand it to Annie. If uh, she's in the world of, uh, of poker, uh, she, she's not m- among many females here. So, uh, <laughs> That's right. She is one brave lady. So for those who would like to know more about the Alpha Seeker and about Kaizen Advisory, give us your contact information and website, will you? Sure. So you can email me. Uh, it's probably best. It would be matt at kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N, and then findist, F-I-N-D-I-S-T, dot com. Uh, and then my uh, Twitter handle is at dynamicvol, V-O-L. And then um, we, you've, you've caught me a little early. We've got a website that's under construction. Coming soon will be kaizenadvllc.com. So kaizenadvllc.com would be our website. And also, um, we all of our strategies are up on uh, Morningstar, so you could search for Kaizen on Morningstar and Morningstar's managed ETF database. Okay, thank you. So, final words for our listeners here, Matt. Really, just uh, you know, there there are no absolutes in investing. Um, it's hard to to wrap your head around, but there's there's no absolutes. There's no no investment is good or bad on its own. Um, it, it has trade-offs, and so the trick is just assembling a portfolio that balances those trade-offs. And that's kind of a constant and involving kind of process. You know, that reminds me of the quote from uh, my favorite economist, Thomas Sowell, who retired about a year ago. And one of his favorite sayings that I quote all the time, Matt, is, quote, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Yeah. And that is certainly the case. You have to know what you are trading off to get what, because there's no free lunch and you're always trading off something. Matt, this has been very interesting. Thank you very much for taking time out of uh, what I'm sure is a very busy schedule there in Wheaton, Illinois. Joining us, our best to uh, your brother and to Tom Young, who put us together. 
and thank you very much and hope that uh, you continue to have success with the uh, Alpha Seeker strategy. Thank you, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Matt Thompson, CFA Director of Research at Kaizen Advisory out of Wheaton, Illinois. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. Go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.